When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis. Tonight on Whiskey Business, two twin girls are born in a small town in Ohio on Easter. What could possibly go wrong? Tonight, author Hope Madden and her creepy book, Roost, on Whiskey Business. And welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Why do we say that? Yes, we have a different bottle of whiskey on uh, on the podcast each and every week. We're up to 100 and uh, we're getting close to 200 bottles. Yeah, we got to start making a game plan for our 200th. For our 200th bottle. But, you know, it's because we go literally from A to Z. The big thing here on Whiskey Business is a good pour and a good conversation with guests that range from A to Z. Uh, this particular guest would be into the W's, writer, or the B's, books, book writer, A, author, uh-huh. you know, and when, then you can go into the genre of the book, suspense, S, H, horror, or H, hope, Madden is our guest tonight, <laughs> I know, and the book is Roost, we teased it a little bit, uh, if hope looks familiar to you, uh, uh, she accompanies George Wolf uh, every year for our annual Oscar podcast because they are movie critics uh extraordinaire and uh you guys did very well with, your, with, you. with your oscar picks we had yeah we you, had you a did, good ballot this year good, a, a good ballot this year ultimately as far as the podcast goes you beat out george i know that george uh changed some of his picks after the podcast but on whiskey business, he's in the he's in the living room listening. He can hear everything I'm saying. <laughs> on whiskey business, he was wrong. Yeah, he had, had West Side Story, and, I think, and, and Hope uh, was right. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, but we teased this. We had we held this up during the podcast and said we would come back to it. And here we are with the book Roost, which is now available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You've had some book signings. You've had some nice publicity about it. You've had some great reviews about it. Utterly original, uh, bubbling over with unease, featuring a shocking twist that bra- that breathes new life into a popular horror trope. This novel is quite simply breathtaking. That came from Becky Spratford of the Library Journal, which ain't no slouch as far as reviews in literary circles. You had to be thrilled when you got that. I was. I was. I about cried. I was so happy with that. <laughs> right? Yes. It's a good start, <laughs> if you will. Let's talk about, uh, there's so many things I want to ask. Uh, we'll talk, there's only so many questions I can ask about the book because if I dig in too deep, I get into spoiler right. Spoiler alert. alert. And right. you read Territory. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I read yeah, yeah. the first book. They're, they're not in chapters, they're in books. So I read read the first well the first two books. Yeah. Yes. So I could did. be. I told my mom. Which I, I said, "Hey, I read itself, two books last night." It in <laughs> itself is huge because the boy doesn't read much. <laughs> he, he, so it's 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 a huge 
It's a huge testament. The fact there weren't any pictures or anything, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but uh, uh, the the book itself is um, is set in a small town in Ohio, the town that you grew up in, um, or based on the town yeah, that you based, grew up. In. I, I um, the last thing I did before I sent it to the publisher was to control alt and replace my hometown with a fictional hometown mm-hmm. um so yes it's based in my hometown but I, I don't use the name of my hometown in it yeah. yeah but anybody that reads this book and anybody that knows you will go oh that's her hometown yes but i, I also kind of think it probably looks like a lot of small i mean certainly rural ohio hometowns sure. uh, during that time period but i think most probably rural american hometowns during that time period. i grew up in steubenville there were things and descriptions in this book uh in, in some of the more rural parts of steubenville that could have applied mm-hmm. and some of the people yeah. As well, yeah, that could have. That uh, was my follow-up. Uh, the, the people. Did you change the names of the people, or do you really have? Well, uh, not two of them. Two of them had to keep their same names. Your, uh, your names. Yeah. That'd be hope and joy. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's not Which, a spoiler. Yeah, right. and the book is about two twin sisters who are born on Easter mm-hmm. Sunday, and you have a. Tw- I didn't know you had a twin. I do uh, until you came on the on on Sunday ninety five to talk about the book. Mm-hmm. I did not know you were a twin. Yep. Are you an identical twin? We are not. Um, Joy is uh, like five, three and a half, five four, and uh, yeah, and, um, and you are not. No, I'm I'm five eleven. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I mean there was always that big of a like. I mean I'm I'm eight inches taller than she is, and so. My, but my parents still dressed us like when we were kids, which just seemed weird. People would be like, why is that girl dressed like her babysitter? I don't understand. It was very unusual. <laughs> but we are twins. Uh-huh. So, so that part of the book is, you know, truth, truthful. That, yeah. that, see, that's that. We got anybody, any, yeah. any stranger that reads the book, you get to read it. Without any knowledge or having known Hope Madden yeah. for the last few years, I'm reading it going, "That's 100%. I wonder. I wonder if that's true. What percent of creepy shit is true? I wonder if that's true. I wonder if that happened. No kidding. That's the whole thing I was thinking. I wonder if that person really exists. Well, that's kind of fucked up. Did that occur? And like I said, only so many things I can say without. Offering spoiler alerts. And also, excuse my grammar ignorance, because uh-huh. I asked you this one time before, and I can't remember. It's not written in the first person. It's not written in the third person. No. It's written... It's omniscient. It's a, it's a third person uh, perspective. Um, so it's omniscient. The the voice and the knows everything. But they're really, the, the storytelling is limited to one person's point of view. So it's not Hope's um, perspective. Right. It's an omniscient, but it's it's it never sees. We never see anything she doesn't see, except for like there are three times, and that's kind of when you realize the voice knows everything, but they're only telling you what Hope sees from her perspective. Okay, from yeah. her perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. Because when I was reading, because I know you write screenplays mm-hmm. as well, and as I was reading it, so I was like, well, some of this sometimes reads like the descriptions of the action of a screenplay right. before the actual scene right. you know, starts to begin. And I kind of dug that because I'm like, okay, well, now I can see this as now, I, now I, now I'm looking at it as a movie. You're, you're already yeah, making yeah, the movie you're, you're, in your head, head aren't well, you? <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing where the movie yeah, goes, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know what? Actually, as I was reading it, I was, I was picturing like who would play, who would play the sheriff, right. um, <laughs> who would play, uh, who would play Victor, who mm-hmm. would, uh, who would play the, uh, the brothers, the. And there's, there's some nasty people in this book. There are. Did you grow up with nasty people? Um. You know, not murderers, as far as you <laughs> that know. That you know. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I, I mean, I think uh, what I tried to recall is the the way you feel at that specific age. And I think, you know, there's a sense that so many people are are menacing when you're an innocent person, right? When you're an innocent, I think the sort of menacing, creepy people come out of the woodwork if you aren't surrounded by, you know, people who love you. And I think that that was the feeling I was trying to generate. Uh, yeah, you generated it for sure. <laughs> Hansberry, a little a little whiskey business business before business, we business. continue. Uh, you can find all of the whiskey business business at whiskeybusinesspod.com, including uh, the aforementioned Hope and George uh, Oscar podcast. Big word. Aforementioned. aforementioned. I've been reading. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> aforementioned. Nice. I'm going to be, be done for big words for the rest uh-huh. of the day. Uh, <laughs> that word big. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, all the archived episodes are there, uh, including some of Dino's. You have some random writings and some yeah, I need to do more though. So she, after reading the book and like, God damn it, inspired she, to she, get cooking. She sat down, she wrote a book, she finished the book, <laughs> she published the book. I need to get my ass on the typewriter and and, and crank out some stuff. Wait, well, that's your first mistake. They have laptops out there. Yeah, <laughs> go quicker. All right, that's another discussion. We had that's that's in my notes for later for hope. All right. Uh, so check that out. Uh, uh, Whiskey Business is also on YouTube. Uh, YouTube with uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis, where you can watch all the unedited videos and some some of the silly shorts and stuff that you guys have done. Thanks to our friend on the other side, John Whitney, on the video side of things. Just smash that subscribe button right there and click the bell, and then you'll get a notification every time a new episode comes up. And you also want to thank the Evergreen Podcast Network for being our our home base network, where you can uh, uh, they they are the ones who. Uh, Spread the, the joy of whiskey business That's to right. all your various platforms. Yep, evergreenpodcast.com. And they've got a kid podcast. My son's been listening to some of the kid podcasts on there. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they got something for everybody. Everybody. Including? Uh, include, including you. us. Our guest bottle <laughs> tonight, uh, two guest bottles. One, uh, the Jim Beam Rye pre Prohibition style. What does that mean? It's, it's, uh, it's exactly what it is. Before prohibition. Well, I know, but like, does it have a certain flavor profile a, or made a certain yeah, way? Yeah, well, it does. It's, it's, well, you tell me because it's I've hot. never had this before. It's really hot. It's very peppery. It's very peppery. It's got a little hint of caramel in it, as far as I'm concerned. I give you a splash up. You can always have more. I, just, I actually <laughs> like it. You do. I do. So it must be fairly unsophisticated, is my guess. No, no, no not necessarily. I mean. It is. It's kind of this spicy. Is, I like that. It is. It is spicy. It's very spicy. Um, it's a. Uh, this kind of reminds me of a almost a, a slightly spicier. Oh, what can I compare it to as far as rise that are in this price range? Because this bottle is only like twenty four bo- twenty four bottles, twenty four dollars a bottle. So it definitely is in our favorite area of, you know, fifty bucks and under. For, for a bottle. When it says uh, the the spirits is the perfect choice for any co- uh, whiskey cocktail. You can put so this there. You, you can make if you like your Manhattan with, with the rye. Yeah, I can see yeah. this being a low shelf. Yeah, yeah, Manhattan. yeah. This is good. This is this is not bad at all. Uh, old, old old overhaul for about the same price. You can get this, and this reminds me of a spicier old yep. overhaul, which is probably one of my favorite. Uh, rise, but this is guys saw it. I picked it up. We never had it on the show before. We tried I'm it. Down. We, we no, we're not try. We do have a different bottle every week. It's getting harder and harder. <laughs> we're up to like almost two hundred bottles of That's different crazy. bottles of whiskey. That's nuts, right? It is. Yeah. Mm. Oh well. There's no problems. It's just, it's, it's just, you know, we really, we could, re- we could repeat whiskeys, and nobody would be the wiser. Uh, no, but why would we? I mean, I think of, I take it as a personal challenge. And uh, you said something at the beginning of the year that we haven't done yet, but uh, 
uh, dipping our toes in the Japanese whiskey. The Japanese whiskey. My uh, my daughter's boyfriend brought me a bottle of Japanese whiskey for Christmas, and um, I'm looking for the the right guest and the right occasion to open that whiskey. It just seems like it should be thematic on some level. I don't know. Mm. I'll, I don't I'll think. Know. I, I want to taste it, so I'll help you brainstorm. Also, I want to remind people uh, to watch the the podcast that is currently running as we speak. It's called The Class of 1977. Were those the days? One of my best and longest friends of all time, Greg DeTore, is on that podcast as we reminisce um, our graduating year of high school and into college. 45 years, I'll be out of high school. Uh, we're having a reunion in October. At least that's the talk anyway. 45th class reunion. I didn't think I'd be alive, let alone, <laughs> I was let just alone. Say make it to October. Let, let alone, yeah, <laughs> there's still a chance. There's still a chance I might not make it. God, knock wood. But yeah, I, and that, I'm telling you, people, if you reminisce about better days, uh, your high school years, uh, uh, your younger days, this would be the podcast for you to listen to and just, we laughed. Hope we laughed nonstop <laughs> for like, 90 plus minutes nice. it was just yeah it sounds it, fun yeah did you enjoy high school Were does you, it sound like i enjoyed high school i don't know i don't <laughs> see now that's what i'm saying it was just supposed to be fiction <laughs> no i'm just kidding i did i had a fine time in high school we didn't have um uh high school itself was not my problem in high school high school itself was not my problem my mom died when i was in high school oh my gosh yeah so it was kind of it's kind of a gloomy time period in my life but i can't blame school for that no no. Um, or me that, nuns. So, <laughs> and, and how many children in your family? Six. Six? Yeah. And, the, and were you, the, you and your sister the oldest? The youngest. The, the youngest. youngest. You're the youngest. Mm-hmm. So everybody ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So how old were you? What year of high school were you when that happened? It was the beginning of my senior year. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, we were the only two still at home. Wow. Can I ask what she what she passed away of? Is that too hard of a question? Uh, it, it's called amyloidosis. So it's it was a it's a rare. Um, it's kind of related in a way to she had lupus and and um, it's kind of related in a way to that. So the mother that is ill mm-hmm. in this book is that drawn from yes. from those yeah, experiences? Very much, very much. And the and the, the other two sisters are very much patterned after my two older sisters as okay. well. Yeah. Well, the old adage is write what you yeah. know. They so. really are fictional characters, I swear to you, <laughs> but not on, inside sure. the Murphy household. They are very much drawn from my own family for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, and when you decided to, to, to write a book, because you, you do write, you've made your living writing, mm-hmm. you, you write articles, reviews, um, other things as well, poetry. I do, yeah. yeah. It's a short stories, screenplays, obviously. Right, yeah. right, right, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, the screenplay that's, uh, that you're currently getting ready to shoot. That's Have you right. started shooting it? No, we start May 1st. May 1st. Yeah. God bless. I know. That is an ambitious project. <laughs> Obstacle no Corpse. Rain, no rain. No rain. No <laughs> rain. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it all outside yeah, a lot yeah, of it? Yeah. yeah. All of it. Yeah. 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 All yeah. Of it. Good luck yeah. shooting in, good luck shooting in April and May when you think it's going to be great out. Yeah, right, John yeah, Whitney? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we hope you have better luck with the weather than we did. Um, yeah, well, it's kind of. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so when when you sat down to write a book, mm-hmm. did the process change as far as how you write? What is your what is your process 
for for sitting down and writing. It's different for every writer. Some people say you have to sit down and write every day and write something every day. I don't care what it is. I've you know I've read books about writing mm-hmm. on writing. Sit down, put your butt in a chair, and write every day, even if it's just a paragraph or a page, even if it's nonsense, just to keep the wheels greased and turning. So what was the process when writing Roost? Uh, you know, I don't really have, I've never, I shouldn't say this out loud. I've never had like a writer's block issue. And I think that's because that is all I do. I mean, I just write different things. Not all of it is very challenging or interesting, but that's all I do is write stuff. And um, so um, what I uh, wanted to do was kind of harness some of the odd stories from growing up in a way that for a long time I wrote a column for Columbus Monthly Magazine called Finale. I wasn't the only one, but I was one of the people who wrote this. And it was really just 800 words about something funny that happened in Columbus. That was what it was. That's and I, it's just, it's, um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a good template for me, you know, like to tell a funny story in 800 words, funny, true story. And so I thought, well, I can't write those about like my childhood, but I have got much better stories about that than about you know, being in line at Chipotle or whatever, which I did, in fact, write a story about. <laughs> okay. So um, I just sort of... words worth of Chipotle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sort of started <laughs> keeping track of stories and the ones that I thought were, to me, funny, but at the same time, you know, kind of creepy. Like, oh, that like that time I passed out at church. It's kind of it's kind of creepy in a weird way. Like, whoa, that's so uh, that's what I kind of looked at the ones that I could spin in a way and, and collect into this, um, you know, uh, where we look at a slice of life from three different time periods mm-hmm. in a coming of age kind of a tale. So so that was how it started was just me sort of running over true stories. And then and after that, collecting them into little buckets and then and then developing a plot around it. <clears throat> Sometimes w- when I write, I don't know, especially with a, a short story or anything, I, sometimes I don't know where it's going mm-hmm. or where or how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I surprise myself. Mm-hmm. Did you have, before you started to write Word One, did you have a definite idea of how this book was going to finish and end? No. And, no. No. And I, I wrote that ending... I bet I wrote six different endings. Uh-huh. Um, and what I wanted to do was just try them all out. Like, you know, I knew the trajectory and, and I knew who the players were at the end. And so I just went in my head, okay, well, what if it goes in this direction? Mm-hmm. And then I just tried in all the directions I could think of um, until I found the one I liked the best. And then I honestly kind of rewrote the entire story to lead more organically to that end. Gotcha. And since uh, some of these characters are based on family members, how have family members responded to seeing some of the things in print? <laughs> um, they, they don't know who they I, actually I, wrote I, it. And I will back you up. <laughs> I will back you up with no matter what your answer is because I have something that's relatable, but I want to hear your answer first. Um, they knew what was coming. So, um, and my twin sister read probably every draft of it. She reads most everything that I write. And she was, you know, she did not want her name to be the final name. So that was an argument. And I'm like, but open joy on Easter. I mean, it that's kind of yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it is. So, um, but she made me change our last name. because <laughs> I hadn't Murphy. at first. Um, uh, so yeah, I know. I, it's a big leap, right? Mm-hmm. From Madden to Murphy. Uh, my other two sisters have, uh, you know, um, my oldest sister read it. She read it in one sitting. She's incredibly, she might, she's incredibly supportive and loving and, and nurturing. And she 
felt like maybe she came off as slightly superficial and gullible. And I'm like, well, you're a side character, Julianne. They have to be superficial. <laughs> they got to um, fit, fit the mold, right? But, we'll make, we'll but make sure she liked somebody it. really cool plays you in the movie. That's right. <laughs> but she liked it a lot. My other sister does not like spooky stuff. Um, at all and so she's still talking herself into reading it so she hasn't read it yet she's okay. afraid it will scare her <laughs> interesting yeah so some people okay with it and some have their issues I, the reason I asked because I, I did this uh, four piece memoir uh, series for this uh, magazine and told some hard truths about growing up in in Greece you know at the t- it's called A Boy Without a Country and I didn't tell my family uh-huh. about it because I knew if I told them, first of all, they would say, don't write it. Right. You know, don't don't tell our business. We're really telling your business. Right. I'm telling you my business. Mm-hmm. What a nine-year-old was experiencing moving from a suburb in Chicago to an island in Greece in 1969. And yes, uh, but my mother, <clears throat> she was not initially pleased at all. Even though I said nothing defaming mm-hmm. in respects to her, if anything, she comes out this champion, this hero, this strong, strong woman in the early 70s and late 70s who, who you know, a single mom back in that particular point in time had a rough way to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though that was what she drew out of it, right. you know, yay mom. It wasn't yeah. that always the uh, conundrum of the artist? Like, you, you can have every intention in the world, whether it's a song or a book or a painting. And then as soon as you put it out there, it's up to the, it's up to the consumer yeah, to yeah. really, uh, but when the consumer or the breeder is your family mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't, I don't think know. I don't know that that happened. And yeah. I had my mother on this podcast and I asked her some hard questions then. And my sister was here in the background and my, my mom's answering the questions as she remembers to be the truth. And my sister's in the back going, <laughs> no, yeah. no. I do think it's different from non for nonfiction. I think for absolutely it's different for nonfiction. You know because they don't they don't have the ability to sort of separate themselves at all from the story. Uh, but you know, uh, David Sedaris is one of my favorite writers, and uh, you know he gets away with it. You know, it's like it's you you have to I think separate yourself from what the reaction will be and just tell. Writing is hard. Yes. You know, I mean, you don't need to add anybody else's censorship to what you're trying to do because to to fight your own tendency towards self-censorship, I think, is one of my biggest battles. It's one of mine as well. Uh, In fact, in one of the pieces, there was a a very traumatic piece that I did leave out because it was already, the piece that I'd written was already traumatic enough. Mm -hmm. And it... If I would have put this piece in, then I think the the pot would have just <laughs> flown off the lid as far as grief. Yeah. Um, and and you know what's funny is after they read, the, I don't I don't think they've read all four, all four excerpts either. I think your they, family. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I think they read one and said, and, and rather yeah, I'm done with him. And you know what? Oh, I'm oh. not gonna I'm not gonna read anymore because I it's gonna upset me. Yeah. Even though it won't. But whatever, whatever the case might be. But it's interesting. I was curious what your family thought as they as they, as they see somebody like because if it's positive, it's like well, that's right. You, you see what you see what okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if it's even remotely negative, yeah. it's like what the right is that what you think of me? Right. It's funny. I think the person who had the most sort of the biggest reaction to it is my oldest brother, who's in fact not in it. 
Um, I don't, I didn't represent my two older brothers in the story because the yeah, it's just too damn many characters. Um, and uh, he is, uh, he's 18 years older than we are. So he was, he was, I think he lived in Oregon by the time I was, I was in high school. I know he did. But he was the first person I know to have read it all the way through. He got his copy. I told you this the last time I saw it, well, before I did. And he, it's not very long. He read it very quickly. And his response was like, damn it, little girl. Like he, he didn't dislike it. He thought it was well written, but he didn't like it either. <laughs> From someone from that perspective, does he look back and have like, uh, like, oh shit, I wish I was, would have done X, Y, Z. Do you know what I mean? Is, is yeah. there any of that? Um, Any like resentment or regret? No, I think he just... Um, he loved the characters more than the average reader would love the characters. Sure. And so when bad things happen to people you love, right. you didn't expect to read that, and you're sad. Is this your first book? Yes, it is. First book, and now after writing this first book, um, has that... Do you got the taste for it now? Do you want to write more books? I do, yeah. I definitely and and do. will they be in this genre? I'm trying to think about how Stephen King felt when he finally published Carrie. Right. His first book. You know, he probably sat back and went, okay, I always said I wanted to write a book, and there it is. I did it, and, you know, and Carrie, creepy as oh, well. Yeah, I, I mean, coming from a whole different, you know, you don't think that the things that are going to happen right. will happen in that book, and it's kind of... Yeah, it's coming again, of age. It's yeah. coming of age horror. And yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, see. yeah. So when, you know, and then he, he goes on to become this prolific... And I say it in the positive, this prolific monster of an author. Oh, sure. Uh, who I probably I probably love 75 to 80% of the stuff that Stephen King. Some of the stuff, I'm like, eh, you know, the the fantasy stuff lost me. I'm not a big fantasy guy. Yeah, I'm not a yeah. dark, dark tower type yeah, of stuff. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, dig, dig, get into that. But I'm curious, would you stay in this genre? Be- and the reason I ask, the reason I ask is because I know you love horror, and that's going to be another question here in respects to some of the references in the book. Uh, I know you love <laughs> horror, but you have this really, really great sense of humor as Thank well. Thank you. So I'm curious if if you were to write another book, does it necessarily have to stay in this genre? Are you comfortable, or would you bust out of the out of out of your sides a little bit and try something different? That it would really be, it would be a very big leap for me. It's just the way I think, which is probably not something I should admit out loud, right? And it just is. It's the way I see things. Like I find the horror in everything. Uh, just, it's easy for me to come up with some scary story about almost anything that I see or do. It's, Why uh, is that? I have no idea. Why is I that? I grew up in Tiffin, Ohio. Because you grew up, well, do you, think, do you think it's where you grew up and how you grew up? How does someone get this way? Um, here's, I think here's the truth of it. So when I was a little kid, I was afraid of everything. I mean, I was terrified by absolutely everything, by like super host, right? From like the TV show sort of, <laughs> right? I was, I was. I was afraid of everything. And um, and one of the things that very small children do, like it, where little kids always want to read the same book again and again and again and again. It's because... Right. It's because they know it by heart and it gives them a sense of control over an uncontrollable world. I started watching scary movies. And I did it to the point where I can predict what's going to happen 98% of the time, all the time. And I think when I was a kid, that gave me a sense of control over what was scary. The other thing, of course, it did was poison my mind completely to everything that I was not already afraid of. It's like, you know, I started off afraid of this small number of things. And now (laughs) I have have a pathological terror of the woods. 
Um, I'm afraid of birds. The South, thanks to uh, Stephen King, the Northeast. I mean, I'm just <laughs> the list of stuff I'm afraid of. See, everywhere. I would think very that, long. That as much as you embrace horror, <laughs> the genre, I would think that it would be just the opposite. That nothing would scare you. Movies don't. Movies <laughs> Not don't. Ever. But real life does. Yes, that's what. So we, you find the true like horrors it, in, in real life, right. as opposed yeah. to yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So God. Well, any 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 person that makes a horror movie and, and you have to review it, they're probably thinking, "Oh, <laughs> shit, that, nothing scares her." And yet, I remember—I don't remember per se—I I know that you've been actually impressed with certain horror films. Oh, I love horror movies. I mean, I'm a, a massive fan. Like, I really celebrate horror movies. And there is one—the one that scared me to death was the original Blair Witch Project. Because I'm afraid of the woods. Right. And and uh, so yeah. the whole movie was like, that's totally what would happen to me. Like, that's why I don't go in right you there. That's why. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so again, what? Well, well, like I said, I think you have a great sense of humor. Thank you. So why can't there be the combination of I think there always humor there a lot is horror. anyway. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I could definitely see doing that. Because um, Obstacle Corpse, mm-hmm. coming back to, your, to mm-hmm. the screenplay... Mm-hmm. Has got humor in it. Oh yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're we're sort of we're gonna our our kind of theme for it is a cross between battle royale and Caddyshack. Like uh-huh. we're absolutely going for comedy. Is that the it. elevator pitch? Uh huh. <laughs> is that the elevator? <laughs> I don't. Even I want to see that. I don't even have to get to the top floor to <laughs> sign off on that one. It's like if you're only going up three floors, it's a, it's a combination of battle royale and Caddyshack. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is there a talking gopher? <laughs> <laughs> You get us Bill Murray, we'll sign in. We're good. We're good, we're good to go. Ah, interesting. And also, um, once again, like I said, you, you write what you know. And one thing that seemed to to, to show itself throughout the book was um, a lot of pop culture references mm-hmm. in respects to. Uh, you mentioned you you watched a lot of horror films growing up as a kid. There's a lot of mention of of, of horror films, and I'm I'm thinking, are these the ones? that stuck out to her when she was growing up. Prince of Darkness, When a Stranger Calls, um, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the Motel Hell oh, yeah. uh, was was in the mix, uh, and also the, some television. Oh well, and I I stood out to me was the Cars record. You, you know, yeah. flipping through the records. Yeah. You know, I'm a record collector, <laughs> so I go, oh, Cars. All right, I can place that. Yeah, there's there references to music yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, movies. Yeah. So did you? Was that comforting to you to put those in there, or were you using them to? help other people identify with the time period and, and whatnot. It was both. I definitely wanted there to be a very clear time stamp, you know, and so, um, and so, yeah, the, the specific, you know, because there were certain like albums or, or videos or even movies that I wanted to refer to because I felt thematically they made more sense, but they didn't come out in the year that I was talking about. Mm. They didn't come out yet. Right. So I could have talked about them if they were two years old, but not if they weren't out yet. So I was very careful about that and because I, I did. I hoped to use that to um, ground the four different books in their appropriate time period. The internet would have called her out. No, no, for sure. Well, you know, I, I, I can't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was a, some uh, com, cop buddy film. And I got and I remember getting pissed off because the it was set in the 70s and some of the music that they were using and the year that they were supposedly in 
some yeah, of those songs hadn't died. come out till yeah. like two years later. Yeah. And I went, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's in, nobody else would probably pick up on that, but being in radio, I'm like, that song came out two years after <laughs> this, this, this supposedly year happened. But there was also television references, which yeah. cracked me up. And some of them, they're like, I'm like, okay, how does... There was Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, uh, Thundercats <laughs> was in there. There was uh, 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 Charles in Charge. Yeah. And Charles in Charge. A lot. Of, so were these the these the TV shows that that stuck in your craw and and uh, and and you loved? Um. You made a reference to Simon and Simon. Yep. But also a diss. As yeah, well. Yeah. Because uh, you say that the guy that was in Simon and Simon was a horrible actor in Prince of Darkness. Correct. That's accurate. All of that is accurate. <laughs> um, my dad watched a lot of Simon and Simon. My mom loved uh, Michael Landon and uh, and uh, Little House on the Prairie. I hated that show. I hated it so much. But we we watched a lot of Little House on the Prairie when I was very small. And then the other the other shows were shows that I did watch with the two boys that I babysat for. So Thundercats was all. I mean, we were massive Thundercats fans. All oh. of us were. Oh yeah, all the time. And they wanted, you know, and then we would play Thundercats while we weren't watching the Thundercats. And I was always lying. No, I didn't care what the little boys wanted. And I'm like, complain one more time, Timothy, and your snarf. That's all I'm saying right now. So, um, <laughs> but no, you're right. That's brilliant because you do. It, Look, it time everybody, sense it. Everybody, everybody can relate to yeah, where you were to it. at yeah. that in that point in time. Yep. So I'm like, I'm. Really I'm going to like, oh, come on, let there be a BJ and the Bear reference in here somewhere. <laughs> BJ and the Bear, oh, come yeah. on, BJ and the Bear. Greg Evigan and a, and, and a, and a chimpanzee. Don't you don't know what BJ and the oh, Bear is? No. Oh man, that was some. That was that was that was actually if NBC had a Nazi TV, that would <laughs> <laughs> a couple of seasons that would have been in the mix. It All was right. a guy. I'll take your a, word for it. It was a trucker who had a chimpanzee as his uh, as his. I know that show. I had yeah. a massive crush on Greg Gavigan when I was little. And yeah. it, it, I think you used to be, it was, I, we, George and I talked about this not too long ago, whether BJ and the Bear was a spinoff of Sheriff Lobo or vice versa. Or vice versa. But they were, it was about that time period where I think all so. shows were spinoffs of some other or show. Something, I think Lobo was a spinoff of BJ and, the, and the Bear. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. Well, my dad liked that I show think. too. And then of course he, you know. Greg Evigan with my two dads. Da, da, da. Paul oh yeah, 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 yeah. What, what, oh, what? I thought you were gonna do a spoiler, so I was going, no, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me, dude. Just... What, what's gonna happen at the end of BJ <laughs> and the Bear? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then, then there was like other pop culture references where you you, you actually you actually refute uh, re- referred to some of the minutia of a particular episode. There was like a Charlie's Angels episode in the book. Where they're hypnotized to, to believe that there's something else. I'm going, damn, these are these are shows and moments in pop culture that obviously have affected her. <laughs> that, that if they're still I, stuck in your subconscious and show up in a book. I feel like though, And I'm not saying that in a bad no, way. Yeah. I found it in a very to be in a very entertaining way. Like and I was really going, I remember that episode. <laughs> I, I just feel like that's the way you know, kids talk to each other. That's what you talk about. You know, when I was a kid, we talked about the TV shows that we had just watched. And uh, and then when I was in high school, of course, all we did was bitch about music and what everybody else was listening to and what we had to hear. Right. So in that last book, there's a great deal about hair metal and right. the one character's disdain for it. <laughs> right. I, if, I, I may get, might be getting the bands mixed up, but the, I don't believe there are fond things said about Motley Crue. No, there are not. Yeah. There yeah. are not. And you still far. feel that way today? <laughs> I had a Twitter conversation with somebody today who quoted the line I, I have about Motley Crue back to me. <laughs> and, and he thought he was like, thumbs up, except poison. And I thought, no, you're right. It's definitely poison. Poison is definitely worse than Motley Crue. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. No, I don't. I'm not a girls, fan. Girls, 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 girls. <laughs> so it's a um, different horror genre right there. <laughs> so how long did it take to write this? Uh, you know, it's not like I. You're gonna piss me off when you say it, no matter what you say. Oh, it's gonna, three yeah, days. Yeah, you're gonna piss me off. You're it, gonna piss me off. It, it, you know, it took a long time because it did. It did. Okay, maybe I won't be pissed off. Yeah, then. the way I usually work on anything is I work on something for a long time, get a full draft of it, and completely ignore it for like six months. Don't ever give it a second thought. And while that six months happens, I work on something else completely. So I usually have not right now because I'm pre-pro on a movie. But other than that, I usually have three kind of simultaneously working in different sort of drafts right so um so it would be i think i mean it took me i would say at least four years to write it yeah we got okay th- just for the people How listening many? there's four. three cameras four yeah i thought you said 40 <laughs> 40 years ago how old do you think i am yeah, yeah i was say like what well <laughs> technically it's probably right she's you know, you know writing it since she's been four, seven four years yeah. to write it mm-hmm. so the idea was always in your head to write it or i mean what's what what yeah, what actually spurred you on to actually sit down and say, it's time to write this book? Um, at lunch at Chipotle, uh, I was re- recounting one of the stories that's in the book, just some just some idiotic thing that happened to me in high school, probably the When a Stranger Calls story, actually. And my friend uh, Krista, Krista Clark, Krisha, she said, you should write all these down. This would make a funny story. And I thought, I should write all these down. This would make a funny story. And then it turns out, it, my childhood is a horror story. But we first thought it was going to be a comedy. <laughs> yeah, fine line. <laughs> and one of the things that you mentioned in the Oscar podcast mm-hmm. when we were teasing the book a little bit was um, the issues that you have in film, especially, mm-hmm. uh, and, and maybe in, in books as well, on how they, they get Catholicism wrong. <laughs> now, in respects to this book... In, in respects to Catholicism, because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it, it, it raises its head it does, you know, yeah. and, and shows itself. Um, were you trying to get it right in or because or, it doesn't it doesn't. How should I say this? It's it, it, it doesn't make or break the no. book, but the description of some of the the nuns and and, and, and so forth and and the church is even anchored in the holy week yeah and, and anchored in and and the some of the closed minds yeah. of of the locals yeah. in respects to it so in respects to catholicism mm-hmm. and religion do you think that you covered your base adequately or could you have gone deeper and darker um I definitely think there's there's certainly a horror story to be told that's rooted entirely in Catholicism, and that's not what this is. It's just a no. Catholic family, and so the Catholic and and it's it's very much about satanic panic about the actual time period. That's really what it's about. Satanic panic was that the, going on in, in the Tippin? Satanic, yes. Satanic Tiffin? panic. I've yeah. never heard it referred to as that. So yeah, it's like the time period. It's through the eighties and into the nineties where you know Geraldo Rivera had people on and they blamed everything on Satan, uh, Satan and it was right. yeah, but it wasn't just Catholic. It definitely wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted that to be uh, the, the sheriff. So the sheriff is not Catholic. He actually kind of seems very, um, pro- he, he seems to find it problematic that he's in the Catholic church the one day that he is. Because I, I also think that's fairly authentic. Uh-huh. The, the idea that there's also something quite almost pagan about Catholicism if you're from some, uh, a different. Um, but the sheriff in the book is also, seems to be religious. Very. 
And was on Geraldo. Yeah, yeah. You know, he seems to be very religious. Just not Catholic. And, I didn't want it to be exclusively Catholic. Right. Although I don't dig in because I, I would be ignorant of of a, of a religion outside of Catholicism. I went to Catholic school for twelve years. My dad worked for the Catholic Church. It's very. Uh, now, are you a good Catholic? No, you're not a good Catholic. No, and but as I'm familiar today, with it. You're, you're, very. You're a familiar Catholic. So, do you practice Catholicism as we speak? I mean, we. Um, as we get, as because we are recording. Are you going to church this, on Sunday? Yeah, we're Let's recording this chase. podcast on Holy Week. Will I see yeah. you at mass? Coincidentally enough, <laughs> ew, that's just kind of creepy. Now that I thought about perfect. it, the, it's the sisters are that born, purpose. The sisters are born on Easter that's Sunday, right. and now we're exactly. doing a, we're doing the podcast on the Holy Week. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect on Holy Tuesday. I don't even. Know <laughs> I don't think Tuesday uh, has a name. No. Sure it does. Does it? I don't yeah. know. In the Greek church, we, there's Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday. The Greeks are doing something every day of the week All right. during Holy Week. Uh, I don't know what. No. Much like you might not be a good Catholic anymore. I'm a bad Greek well, Orthodox. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah. uh, a shameless plug um, for our Halloween episode, and I don't know if you heard it, but uh, uh, Father Nick, one of our buddies in town here, uh, came on and he kind of talked. He do- dove in from the Catholic, I mean, he was a Catholic priest, about the perspective of Catholicism and exorcisms and demons and uh, you you kind of said the thing about uh, pagan, you use that word, but you're right. Like the Catholics, the Catholics are weird and, and creepy. <laughs> I mean, there's there's like a whole creepy thing right there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, uh, my point is is that this, uh, after listening to that, po- we did that podcast with them. It really kind of was was a cool and b. Uh, you're right. Even this is religion that's supposed to be uh, the the, sa- the saving grace right. is cr- scary as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. So do you do you, some of the things that are have been rooted deep into you? Do you still believe today, or do you question? Uh, and because I I'm curious as you write a book like this, yeah, I mean I, I where's the balance? Yeah, you know, um, where I grew up, I mean it 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 would be impossible I think for me to write a story that is based on my family. Without that family being Irish Catholic, I don't. I would not have the vaguest idea of how to do it. That's right. just so DNA deep for uh, that group of people living there, and um, and how our week was really structured around mass on Sunday. I mean, like when we went on vacation, my dad might not be able to find a public restroom, but by God, we found a Catholic church. You found a Sunday. church to go to. Yes, and, never missed mass. I just, and 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 why is it that I wonder why it's. It, you know, if it skips generations. I know families like that where the mother and the father were devout Catholics and everybody went to church on Sunday and their children, their flock, seems to separate from the pack. Well, can I answer, my 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 answer. So, hey, whiskey business people, uh, it, it's only happened a couple of times on this podcast where there's been a technical glitch. It's not escaped me that the technical glitches that happened before we're on a Halloween podcast. Creepy. And I think one other time when Father Nick Ventura was on. That episode we were talking about earlier in, about in this podcast. And while we were talking a moment ago about Catholicism and evil, all of a sudden Hansberry tells me there was yet another glitch in the podcast. While we're talking with Hope Madden, who has written <laughs> yeah. a creepy good book called Roost about terrible things that happen on Easter Sundays. That's right. 
right. So let, are, let, are, let, are, let are me we, tell them what, are, so what's going to happen. So, yeah, so are, right now we're taking like a. What's going to happen? Oh, well, well, well. technically, what's going to happen? I'm like, <laughs> no. Yeah, let me I, cover I, the text. Stuff. I almost got struck by lightning today too. Now that I think about it, you did. Yeah, he's not kidding. Not kidding. That actually did happen. Hey, tell them what's going to happen. All right. Okay. 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 So we're taking a weird break right here. But so the next about three or four minutes, you're going to hear the camera from John's GoPros. Right. So it's going to sound kind of. Not not as great as a guy produced but uh, but anyway, it saved my ass. So because uh, it's the backup, so uh, we're gonna play that for a couple minutes, and then uh, um, we'll just jump back in after that. <laughs> and my favorite part of this explanation is when we ask Whitney, and like, hey, can we use your camera audio and a whole lot of uh, muss and fuss and technical, right? And Whitney was like. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's used to me giving him shitty audio, so he doesn't care. Yeah, sure, whatever. But it was freaky that we were talking about evil, yep, yep. and it's almost like evil stepped in right. and said, like, you know, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know why he has a bad <laughs> British accent. I don't know why Sounds he like has Michael a bad... Ka- Is that Michael Caine, the devil all of a sudden? He has a bad British accent. I don't know what you're trying to do. But if you're going to... <laughs> If you're going to Governor? make Catholicism trump over evil, I'm going to interrupt this podcast. Seems to separate from the pack. As they get older, we're very similar. I think we've talked about this. For me, I was exhausted. Like I even went to a Catholic college. I went to the University of Dayton, where they had, you know, come on out and let's go to church together. And I just was fucking beat, you know, volunteering and moving chairs at, at, at the, uh, you know, at the convent and different things like. I it, it, I don't think it ever uh, affected my faith, but I was just very like I'm just exhausted. I don't want, I want to be able to sleep in on Sunday morning yeah. and not not feel guilty about staying out you know till three a.m. You on know, Saturday. I, and I think the state of of the Catholic Church is just very hard. That's true. Too. It's just very hard to to say yeah I stand up for any of these things. You right. know, the, it's just very hard. It's, so I a, feel beaten down as, by it. As a as a beaten down Catholic, do you still have faith? In God, but you know, I mean, I think any religion, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, it's just the way human beings organize the information that they have. I don't believe any religion is accurate at all. It's just, and you, and and because all human beings are flawed and, you know, the more people you get together to determine the rules of any one organization, the The more more power you give them, they, you know, you have. So it's just the way I think every religion is just the way that group of people feels most comfortable in sort of expressing their faith, but I, I don't think any religion is accurate. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to go down this path for just a second because I'm gonna go. Because you don't want anyone to buy my book. No, no, no. I want people to buy the book. I want people to buy the book. I want people to buy. I want people to to. I want a full picture of of what you know. This isn't somebody that just eh, randomly chose Catholicism and or or, or chose you know. Oh, I know. Somebody, yeah. You know, yeah, 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 so yeah. this is somebody that this comes from life experience. It does, yeah. So, but with the good being church, religion, good. Uh, there's there's evil in this book yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you still have, um, you said, I asked you if you still had your your faith. You said you had your beliefs. What what was the word you used exactly? Uh, if I asked you if you still have faith mm-hmm. in 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 all things religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't call myself religious anymore. But you wouldn't call yourself religious no. anymore. But you believe certain tenets that you still hold on to. Sure. Yeah, on, on some level. Uh-huh. So do you believe in evil? 
Oh, well, sure. I mean, it's silly not to, but I, I think people are evil. Not all people, but I mean, I think that's oh, what no, evil no. is. Yeah. All, all people are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll take some of the heat off of you. I'll bring it back on me. We are all evil. Everybody, there's evil everywhere. No, I believe. I truly now, believe. Now, buy our book. <laughs> now, this has got nothing to do with whether people are not buy the book, but it does make the author far more interesting mm. to talk about when you say, what is she really about? That I'm not going to get in the blurb in the back. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm enthralled by it. I mean, I, and we've talked about this, the, like the Conjuring movies and what was the TV show on Netflix? Uh, Midnight, oh, yeah, Midnight, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. There's just some, like, and something innately spooky yeah. about the about Catholics. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, no, there's something spooky about religion. Well, that's your yeah, yeah, but there really is. I mean, both sides are. That's oh yeah, there really is, and it doesn't even have to be a Christian religion. I mean, no. just organized the ritual. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, there really is. But I think one of the reasons that that um, Catholicism, it's, first of all, it's because The Exorcist was so insanely good and popular, right? right, right and so right, right, right. It, for film, that just though that's your go-to the right there. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, the pageantry, right? Like the outfits and the mm. big, you know, cathedrals the and gold, uh, yeah. And, and then yeah. of course that it, you know it's you know it's the body and blood where you know other people it's like symbolic and a Catholic no they're saying it's not symbolic they're saying there's a transformation here and you're drinking you're actually blood. drinking blood yeah so there's something you know it's easy especially from an outsider who doesn't grow up with it uh, <laughs> it's easy to find that very ghoulish it's not hard yeah. to make that leap I think no it's not hard at all but I do believe that there is evil oh sure yeah I mean and, and not just from, from a religious standpoint I just mean evil sure oh, and just in full disclosure this is kind of Full circle. I mean, you're evil. I, I, you're well, I, well, you're I am. Evil? Yes, I am evil. <laughs> I don't need to admit that. No, I, I send my kids to a Catholic school. <laughs> like, I mean, I still think I still value the fact that I'm like. I'm, I so there's certain things that are still yeah, like ingrained in you, yeah, even though even it's though not you, necessarily you were oh, exhausted, the Bible. And tired. You weren't so tired where you're like, oh, I'm not that some, tired. You're going to Catholic that, And I think in a way, you sir, you, you prove uh, the point of like maybe you're not super religious, but. You guys are great. You're a good person. Yeah. You're not uh, robbing banks and, you know, murdering people that we know no, of. No, it was, you know, it was actually... It was, it was, a good, it was a good base for a child to grow from. It was, a, it was kind of tough. Uh, and I think it was harder for George. That was the one who was finally like, I'm not going to church anymore. And it's not because I want to sleep in that, although I do. It's because I just cannot, I cannot any longer uh, align myself with what the Catholic Church does. All right, we're back. Greg has rebooted the computer, and here we go. Back with Hope Madden and the book, Roost. All right. Well, you had a... You had a uh, well, yeah, so I haven't read it haven't, all. You haven't gone far, but there's something that appealed to you it, and intrigued you. Yeah, so, you know, you talk about, like, what... Um, some of you know there is a percentage of this is 100 percent true, right? <laughs> and uh, so there's a percentage that's 100 percent true. I like your math. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's a, a song that you and your sisters and your dad sing. Mm -hmm. Sing it. Um, um, um. <laughs> yeah, I would actually probably have to look. I did make that up. I you made, made up the I song. Did. I, did. Ah, no. I can tell you it's based on, though. All right. Well, um, so, what, what, yeah. What, so it's it, you know for the people, it's it's not that big of a spoiler because it's early oh, in the yeah, book. Uh, but it's, no, you know it's these cute young uh, twins, seven year old twins, are singing this little 
song chickadee song, chickadee song and, and then the dad calls him chickadee yeah. so uh you know like a nursery rhyme type of a thing. right so what's it based on then well and then i revisit it throughout because so many songs that you sing as a little kid actually are super creepy they just you know they are they're super creepy ring so, around the rosy or right. whatever right yeah. yeah and so that's why but it's it's kind of based around the tom petty song honeybee which is creepy as hell, <laughs> honestly. And I remember, th- so it was, so that was what it was. I thought to myself, oh, I should pick up the, the creepy elements of that and turn it into a song little kids would sing. Um, so, and then there are a lot of birds in it. So, chick, chick, chick. Sure, actually, sure. my mom did call us chickadee a lot. So, that so was, there was a little bit there. That was why that. But came you're out. also afraid of birds. I am afraid of birds. Why are you afraid of birds? Uh, just good thinking. Were you attacked by birds? It's just good thinking. Maybe as I was trying to duck under my next door neighbor's porch, I was attacked yeah. by birds. So can you watch yeah. out oh, for that Hitchcock? Is a true story? Can you watch out for Hitchcock the birds? Does that yeah, creep you I out? watched that with uh, my sister when I was too young to see it on TV, and uh-huh. that also scared me a great deal. So right? yeah, I mean, I find that movie terrifying. Yeah, but, I do too. Yeah, uh, but okay. yeah, I am afraid of birds. I'm definitely afraid of birds, and I think it just makes good sense because they flap around and they've got claws and they've got beaks and they're birds are creepy. Yeah, birds are creepy. They're descendants of dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. I'm afraid of them. I think it's all just good thinking. What else? If there's a top three things that you're afraid of, what are they? I am claustrophobic. Really? Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm badly claustrophobic, which makes... So I'm not afraid of flying, per se, uh, but it, being trapped inside a metal tube, I'm much too tall to be on an airplane. My knees always touch the seat in front of me. I feel... So I, I poor George, I, I do have a really hard time flying, but it's because I'm claustrophobic and I have a pathological terror of the woods. Um, right, you mentioned so, that. And... Um, all right, and the I top think, top five then. <laughs> I think three is birds. I think birds. those are my. I think those are my. Yeah, and is rural uh anything anything rural? <laughs> um, I don't think I'm afraid of the dark. I'm pretty comfortable in the dark. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in theaters. <laughs> That's right. You know, <laughs> a good portion of your of your life watching <laughs> movies. Um, yeah. The, is clowns for you? I hate clowns. I hate clowns. Yeah. Hate clowns. I, I mean, literally, they don't. They, they, yes, some do creep me out, but, and I'm sorry if that's how you make your living, but I almost beat the shit out of one <laughs> in, in, in Folly Beach uh, wow. a, a few years back because he wouldn't, it was Halloween. It was, it was, uh, it was Halloween and he kept coming up to me and he, and he had one of those, you know, creepy, and, and, and I like, step back, man, step, step, this is, step <laughs> Step back. It's not going to end well. And, and like, you know, he thought I was kidding. Like, I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> Clown is going down if you don't go the other way. Uh, just like, yeah, clowns. I'm not claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't go into an MRI tube. That probably not at all. Not at all. That would freak you out. Yeah, that is a story. Yeah, that's a story. You couldn't do that. No. No, I will just have to die. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, Give it a choice? Yeah. Well, I. you know what? I literally cannot do it. Um, I had to have one one time, and I, I, you know, just be calm. Let's just be calm. And the thing is, as it starts to sort of move you back into it, I, without, I mean, involuntarily, I put my hands out, and I drag myself back out and drop to the floor. I can't. It, it would be physically impossible for me to do it. Wow. Huh. I don't know if I'm scared of the woods, but I think I would panic a little bit if I was lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe that's more of like alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, my actually, I've got an empty house tonight. 
now that we're talking about this, I'm going to be up all night just thinking about this shit. You know, I, I, I'm not claustrophobic, and I think the reasons I'm not is are, are very sad and kind of spooky in their own right, you know, because I was actually, uh, you, you told some truths. I'll right. Tell some, you know, my, my father's former punishment when I was a kid was the, uh, lock me in the in the fruit cellar mm. in, the, in, in the basement when we were. When we That's were the beginning up. of a horror story yes, right is. there, man. Yeah, right, and so and then to the point where I actually got comfortable <clears throat> in the. You were like, I'll, I'll, I got it, Dad. Yeah, I'm in there. Like, oh, fruit cellar, got it. Okay, yeah. fine. You know, but in the beginning, no, it was terrifying. Yeah. But but then after a while, I got used to it, and I find myself in actually comfortable in claustrophobic spaces. Wow. Yeah. At times, so it doesn't like. But the one thing I think would freak me the hell out, and I see it on TV and I see it in movies, I would, if if I ever got buried alive, I think that would, mm. that, that I think would like, okay, how am I going to get out of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I see that and I get, that's got to be just horrifying. Yeah, it's funny. Years ago as a radio stunt, somebody did that at a radio station George worked at, and we would just lay awake at night and go, he's still there. Oh my God, he's still in there. It was like, I couldn't, I couldn't bear That's the thought of somebody else. If I was else. buried alive for a radio prank yeah. and well, I knew that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, if yeah. I knew, if I knew that eventually someone's gonna maybe bring me out, and that's fine. But to like, you know, to be like, we're gonna bury you alive, oh, yeah, and nobody's yeah. don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about scary things. There, uh, I, I don't know what exactly it's called, but um, people were scared uh, back in the day of being buried alive. Yeah. So they had the bells, bells yeah, uh, right, like right, right. wrapped around their toes, and like had uh-huh. these lines that would go up. So if they were like accidentally alive, they could ring the bells. Yeah. And there's some movie I forget what it is. Maybe the, the nun. nun. The nun. Mm-hmm. They go out into the yeah. the cemetery and all the bells are ringing. Like that's wow! I'm fucking scared already. About it. <laughs> are there any any fears you you've conquered? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace them. I'm fine with it. I'm scared. I'm scared of knives. Well, okay. I mean, I mean, so not, that's not, just not, smart. Not like a butter knife or a, a steak knife or you know, but but when when I hear that sound of a knife being come out and needles. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, needles. I'm, I've Very got, practical things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but needles, I've gotten better with needles, but, you know, I, but I still can't. I'm okay. I used to have an issue with just the needle going in mm-hmm. and anything else. And, and but now I, 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 I have forced myself to watch. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Watch them draw the blood yeah. out and force myself to watch sure. the needle go in, you know. But I still say, I don't want to see how big it is. Well, it kind of goes back, <laughs> to, it, it goes it back to like what Hope says, or like the very beginning of this podcast, like the more bullshit you are exposed to, the, the you know, the more you like, your imagine goes wild, your imagination goes wild. Right. Like, oh, that could go wrong in so many different ways. Or mm. what if, you know? Yeah, I'd rather go up against a gun than a knife. <clears throat> and, and, That's and, just dumb. That's just dumb. Like, don't bring a gun to a knife fight. I know, right? Fight. Right, I know. I'd rather go up against a gun than a knife. That's crazy. I, well, we can, I can explain that <laughs> some other time. But I have my reasons. Okay, all right. <laughs> and I have my explanations. I do. I really do. Um, all things creepy tonight on this podcast, but all things really, really good. This is Roost, folks. Hope Madden's first book uh, about two twin girls who are born on Easter Sunday and celebrate their birthdays, not every Easter Sunday, but as they come along, uh, 
periodically. What, what, every... When's your birthday? Is your birthday on Easter? No, When's your birthday? no, no, no. No, um, my birthday's right before Christmas. Okay. Right before yeah. Christmas. Yeah. But Which, as we know, that is the lesser of the two Catholic holidays. That's right. Holidays. It is the lesser of the two Catholic holidays. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's got a birthday, Dino. But uh, <laughs> but if if you're looking for something interesting and creepy and uh, uh, I, like I said, I've I've tr- I've tr- I had so many other questions, but they would have led to spoilers, and I really think that would be a disservice to not only this podcast but to to anybody that buys this book and reads it. Let them it's fun. Let yeah, them let, let them find out themselves okay thank you uh, how, how things go and uh congratulations thank you so much you know at the end of the day i mean the, you sat down you wrote a book you published a book you are a published author of a complete and full novel <laughs> and as those of us who write bravo well done much. right thank you right, very much right Bravo. Thank and, you. And much success with this one. Thank and uh, look forward to whatever the next one will be. I think <laughs> how 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 little and as much as I've known you through the years, <laughs> I have a funny feeling that the next one will be just as even more diabolical <laughs> us, and, and yet some way. And and yet I, I, I look forward to it. I look forward. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for spending thank time with us so today. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah. can't tell you how much I, I appreciate it. I love it. you and George both. I have you guys on the podcast with the movies. But to be able to spend some individual time with you on just this. I, you know, I, we, I don't think we've had just George on. Oh, you have actually. We've had George oh, on. Mm-hmm. Just, we had George on just oh, for the movies. Oh, that Oscar. Just that was the right. There's an Oscar yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right, George. All right. <laughs> George is working on a book of dirty limericks. Uh, <laughs> book of dirty limericks. Uh, can she? Do, are you wrapping up? Can she do the business? Her business? Yeah, of course. I was going to ask her to do. Oh, her I, I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Before we go, yeah. Well, because last there's a couple episodes ago, I asked the the guest to do the business like three times because I just <laughs> I was just so saucy. <laughs> Go ahead, ask Hope to do the business. Go ahead, go ahead and do the business, Hope. Yeah. The, 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 tell me no, about like, the, get the book. How did they get the book, uh, your podcast? And everything um, else that's going on yeah. in your world, because you got a lot going on. You do. Uh, you can get the book anywhere that you buy books. Uh, you can also, if you would like an autographed copy, you can get it from our website at madwolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F dot com. Do that. Um, you can also find uh, gear there. Uh, Obstacle Corpse gear and uh, and all the sales of the book and the gear goes toward the production of our film that starts shooting in two weeks. So if you want to do that, that'd be awesome. Cool. Um, MadWolf.com is also where you can find our movie reviews every every week. Uh, you can also find our podcast Fright Club, which is about horror films. There, you can find our podcast The Screening Room, which is each each week's movie reviews. There and you can follow us on social at Mad Wolf uh, on Twitter. Oh, right, and we're I'm sorry. George usually uh-huh. does this. George always does this, so I'm stumbling. But we're on um, Good Day Columbus on Friday mornings at nine thirty, so you can see us there. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, the stuff you guys do at Gateway is it once a month? Uh, the or- second Wednesday of every month. So this tomorrow, actually, uh, the second Wednesday of every month, we have a film series where we record the podcast Fright Club, and we show which is it'll it's a list of like in this this week it's the five best horror films of the 1930s. Oh, and wow. then we're going to show the oh. film Vampire. So we show one of the movies that we talk about. Fun. Um, that's cool. And that's all into the website. Yeah. That's yep. great. Yeah. One of the best times I ever had being a guest on a podcast was on their podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. We uh, talked about Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. And I'm going to be geeky and have you sign my book. Oh, sure. Because it's, then it's going to go into, see that? Right there, that, mm, that's like, the autograph. Those, those are section. all first editions, Aww. or or this is a first know, edition. Or, or, <laughs> this is, yeah, first <laughs> editions or signed <laughs> copies of favorite books and authors 
there's a there's a small fortune right there. There's there's there's, uh, there's Harper Lee's in there. You going wow. out of town this weekend? Capote's in there. Wow, I shouldn't be on that job. Uh, uh, so give me an address and your work schedule. I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a Hope Madden in there and wow. uh, keeping a good thought. Yeah, come on, I, you know this is I, I would love to have more writers on whiskey right. business. It's a great book, great cover, and uh, a great podcast with a very talented. Uh, author thank you who does so many other things as well thank you good so luck much. with everything thank you so much uh our guest bottle tonight has been the jim b rye pre prohibition style whiskey which was quite the coup tonight because hope and george don't drink a lot of whiskey no and, and liked hope it. actually liked this i did so, uh, I, I didn't love it at first but it went down pretty quick yeah normally after two or three <laughs> they, <laughs> they do no matter what <laughs> no matter what so Look, can uh, I, let me do the business before you close. Oh, you got more business to do. Yeah, okay. just uh, I want to remind you. I, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts because I've I've been in the car and everybody does this and we've done it before too. <laughs> we ask you to uh, rate and review and share. Oh, so yes. I, uh, I don't I don't feel as like uh, pandering because no, no, we don't know every we don't podcast do, we I ever listen to says it. All the fundamental podcast things that everybody does, we don't do enough of. No, but we like so if you go down in your in your in your your Apple thing or whatever. And you give us a big uh, five star review and, and and a great rating, even if it's not that great of a review, you know, just just something. <laughs> but anyway, the algorithms uh, make more people discover us, um, and then also just word of mouth. You know, uh, what's so fun of us? We always joke about it's the podcast with whiskey because yeah. we really have a, a lot of people. So you might you might have a. Uh, yeah. a horror book fan tonight that you know. <laughs> what do they call? What do they call? For something different to yeah. read. Yeah. Um, from a new from a new talent. Or just yeah. some of the some of the record or the records the podcasts in the past that you 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 like. Share them. Thank you. And that's so that's all. Thank you so for whoring us out for <laughs> us. Horroring. Horroring. All right. <laughs> Until Hope's not used to this nonsense. <laughs> the next bottle. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>